you would take your Bibles this morning and turn to the prophecy of Jonah in the Old Testament chapter 1. It says in verse 1, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Heavenly Father God, we thank you. <clears throat> we praise you for your word. Without error, complete and applicable to our lives in 2013 each and every day. God, today as we finish up our series, Everyone Everywhere, God, may we go for it as we live each day to please You and honor You and what You've called us to do. In Jesus' name, Amen. Today marks the end of our series. Um, the beginning of the... We had spring and beginning of the summer. We've been talking about everyone everywhere. And it's been a great series by our pastor. And so I wanted to stick with that theme this morning. And today's title is Everyone Everywhere, Go For It. How to face your fears when fulfilling God's call for your life. Now, uh, today's message was also a devotion that was shared amongst our Dominican Republic team uh, one morning before we went rafting. Sam, he's smiling over there. And we talked about facing our fears. <clears throat> and um, little did I know when I gave this devotion that we, some of us would definitely face some fears that day. Now, um, there are a lot of phobias. You may have some of them. One of mine is heights. I used to be a fireman, and we had to climb this really, really, really tall ladder. I, I like to forget how many feet it was up in the air. We had to do that unharnessed and everything. It was really unsafe as far as I was concerned. And so our, our class that went through the training together, um, there was 18 of us, and I went number 18. So um, we climbed to the top, and that was a fear of mine that I still have. Has anybody ever uh, ridden the roller coaster ride Acrophobia at Six Flags? Okay, that one's about your fear of heights, and it is crazy high. And I don't know what it's like, even though I've ridden it, because Miss Joni, she laughs at me about this. I ride it like this the whole time, holding on. And I, don't, I just, when the roller coaster stops is when I open my eyes. And so that's a fear of mine. And some of you maybe have seen some of these little slithering reptiles around your house and your garden, and maybe you've ran over some or backed up and ran over them again and backed up. Nobody does that in Madison County, right? And so some of you maybe have seen some of those. I have a fear of snakes. Um, we had one, in fact, that invaded our property this week, and Miss Joni called in a panic. So I had to go home and uh, shoo the snake away. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Didn't touch it. Titus wanted to pick it up. Um, and so uh, when we were in the Dominican Republic, we had a devotion about overcoming our fear. When God, see, We were talking about when we get back, God's called us to do something great. He's called all of us to do something for Him if we're a child of God. And so, um, you know, you, you're doing the preacher thing. You're saying, you know, we got, we got fears, but it, we got to overcome those, and we just got to do what God's called us to do. Little did we know, and some of you maybe have heard about this, not to sensationalize anything, six of us in one raft, we really 
almost drowned. Would you guys agree with that? We talked about that over and over and over again. Our lives flash before our very eyes. But you know, with us, in walking with Christ, some of us maybe aren't scared of water or heights or snakes or homework. Right, guys and girls? Homework. Housework, cleaning your room, uh, kids. Um, Some of us have a lot of fears, but when it comes to answering God's call in our life, many times that's our greatest fear that we don't want to admit. And so we find here in Jonah where uh, God's called him to do something. Plain and clear, go to Nineveh. But he takes a completely, you maybe have a study Bible or you have a commentary that shows this, he takes a completely opposite direction journey headed towards Tarshish. Goes to Joppa and is on his way to Tarshish. And little did he know that he would run into disaster. He would run into a storm. Uh, the ship would be tossed. They would throw cargo overboard. They came and woke him up and said, look, we're going to die. Why is this happening to us? And so you know the story. Eventually, they throw him overboard and the seas calm. Well, that's not where it ends, of course, with Jonah. That big fish comes along and swallows him up. He's in the belly of that fish for three days. And I truly believe, as you can see as we walk through these Scriptures today, when it comes to Jonah and his time period being everyone everywhere, if he would have just listened to God, then I believe those disasters would have been avoided. You know, we can apply that to our own life because um, thinking about the mission trip, many of us had to get outside of our comfort zone. Any of you that have ever been on a mission trip, you have to get out of your comfort zone. No AC, uh, just a minute amount of hot water, um, language barrier, culture barrier. um, The list goes on and on. I can even think about some comfort zones that I had to get out of. They make fun of me in that photo you saw, me hammering really hard, you know, working really hard and just getting into it. And they laughed at me because that's totally out of my comfort zone. When Pastor Robbie assigned my crew, hey, you're going to do a drop ceiling with sheetrock. I'm like, yeah, right. That's what I'm going to do. And so I learned a lot from Harley and Chris and some others that were experienced in that. Getting outside of our comfort zone. When God called Pastor Robbie to put this trip together, he even came to me and says, look, both of us don't have to go. I can go and you can go on the next one. But I just felt this call inside of me to go out of the country. Been in ministry now for 10 plus years. And that was the first international mission trip I'd ever been on. Because this is what I thought. I thought that, hey, there's plenty to do here in the United States of America, even in our own backyard, like what we did yesterday. Some of you were on mission just a few miles from your house. And so that's what I've always thought. Hey, there's plenty to do in the United States of America, but God wouldn't stop through the power of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you need to go. You need to see what I'm doing outside the boundaries of this country. So, I answered that call and went. And some of the others went on their first time trip as well. And I'm thankful that I did. Even though we faced death, 
and drowning on that raft, we can laugh about it now, that was only three hours of that whole week of how God moved miraculously. It wasn't because of anything that I did or anything the other members of the team did. God's works moving and, and shaping the world wherever we go. He just needs people to listen to that call. See, what happened with Jonah was, is we know that he disobeyed God, he was completely out of the will of God, but I truly believe that his first mistake was when he didn't listen. You notice when God said, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh, Jonah was not listening. He made plans to go to Tarshish, go down to Joppa, buy his fare, get on the boat and go the opposite direction. And so many times we say, well, I'm, I'm obedient, I'm doing the right thing, but for many times, we aren't listening to what God's trying to tell us. For some of us, that involves every day. We get up, we go down to Joppa, we buy a ticket, and we go to Tarshish, and we try to make what we think is right work. People needed Jesus in Tarshish, right? But God was telling Jonah to go to Nineveh. God's telling, if you're a child of God, God is telling you this morning to go to your Nineveh. And that may be next door. God is telling you to go to Nineveh, and that may be to that co-worker that stands beside you or has stood beside you for many, many years and share the love of Jesus. All of that involves is us listening to what God's trying to tell us. We think we have it figured out. Jonah thought he had it figured out. But he wasn't listening. And God knew what was right for him to do. You know, we think about what children do a lot of times, right? I have many that are, you know, I'm working on the stair steps here. And so, when you tell them, and sometimes I think all I do is tell them to stop, right? Stop, don't do that, put that down, get off of that. Um, that's going to explode if you keep shaking it up. Um, you're going to hurt, you're going to bump your head. Um, now we got to go get stitches. Um, don't, don't put your sister in a headlock. She needs to breathe. Um, you know, it's like we go around saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. And what do we think as parents many times? Are they not even listening? Are they not even hearing what I'm saying? And so, this is what um, I like. I learned this from my wife. Look at me. This is what she does to the... She even does this to me sometimes. Look at me. Right here, right here, let's look, eye to eye, don't look at me. But many times as a child of the king, God is telling us something, we can hear it, but we're not listening to what he's called us to do. And some of you, it's loud and clear, but you have that selective hearing that many of us men are accused of. We hear it, but it's not processing here, and here. And so, are you doing as Jonah did? Are you, are you going to Jaffa, buying that ticket, and headed towards Tarshish every day, and facing disaster? Facing troubles, facing stumbling blocks, and wondering why? Well, I'm, I, I feel like I'm doing everything right, God. And He's saying, here's what I want you to do. And see, here's the bad part about us not listening to God and what He's called us to do. It puts others at risk. Those sailors were minding their own business doing what they were experienced in doing, and now all of a sudden their lives are at risk. 
Think about if we, you and I, as child, children of God, if we don't listen to God and what He's called us to do, then we're putting others at risk. Their souls may be at stake because of our disobedience. It was all because we didn't listen. All because we didn't listen to what God was telling us to do. So think about that this morning. And as we tell the children, why did God give us two of these and only one of these? Listen more and talk less. Some of us, we need to put our listening ears on our heart, on loud and clear, and hear what God's trying to tell us. So the first thing in order for us to face our fears when fulfilling God's call for our life, very simple. Listen to what He's saying to us. It was a very simple plan, what was laid out for Jonah there. Go to Nineveh. But he started, well... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about some other things. I'm going to think that there's, uh, there's terrible people in Nineveh, and so um, I just don't think it's possible for me to make a difference. There's, this, it's a large city. It's the most influential city. What good am I going to be? Measly old me, Jonah, to make a difference. And so he headed off to Tarshish, and then he ended up in the belly of that fish. And so the second thing, in order for us to go for it this morning and for us to be everyone everywhere and face these fears and listen to what God's trying to say to us, here we go, you ready? This is, this is brand new. This is just revolutionary. The next thing we need to do. Did it pop up? Wow. Pray and ask God for help. Revolutionary, Right? See, what happened to Jonah was, after he ended up headed off to Tarshish, you don't see in the description there of his mistake and his disobedience that that he prayed at all, right? Okay, here we go, and off to Tarshish we go. I can see him like a veggie tails, just singing a little song as he skipped along with no legs and no arms. And so he's off to Tarshish, down to Joppa to buy his ticket fare. Prayer not involved anywhere in through that whole process, right? And so, now he's sitting in the belly of this fish, which is just gross, right? Just nasty. He's just faced all of these disasters, and then what does he do? He prays. Does that sound familiar to you and I? We've... Just hit roadblocks and we're thinking, okay, I'm doing everything right. Why is this not working out? This is a disaster. God's telling us what to do and now we're in a fix, right? As we say in the South, we just gotten in a fix or a hot mess, right, Tiffany? I pick at her for saying that. We're just in trouble. And then all of a sudden, what do we do? Pray. And so we look, look with me in, in, in chapter 2. Listen to this prayer. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, and he said, In my distress, I called the Lord. And he answered me. Wow, he's still there, right? He didn't go anywhere. Jonah's praying. God was there in the beginning. He was in the midst of all the disobedience. And now he's praying in the belly of this fish. And God didn't go anywhere. 
says, I called to the Lord and He answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me, and your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. I love that. That was terrible. Think about that. Picture that. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But, here we go. This is what we love about God, right? But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. Now, he's still sitting in the belly of the fish, right? Saying this. Nothing's, the whole puking deal hadn't happened yet, right? What is he recognizing here? He's recognizing that God is in control. He can call on him, even in the belly of the fish, even in the worst time of his life, even when he said all these disasters, roadblocks, dead ends, and trying to do what was right. He knows that, hey, read it again, but you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. God wants to be God for us. Jesus wants to be our Savior all the time. Not just something that we receive, I got my ticket, and go. No. Jesus wants us to walk with Him, follow Him, glorify Him, and live to please Him in all that we do. And so Jonah recognized that laying there in the belly of that fish. When my life was ebbing away, in verse 7, I remembered You, Lord, and my prayer rose to You, to Your holy temple, to those who cling to worthless idols for forfeit the grace that could be theirs, but I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What if I vowed I will make good? Salvation comes from the Lord. He was in desperate measures, right? He is calling on God to save him, to give him another chance, to uh, let him out so he can go and do what originally God had told him to do back before he even left. Give me one more chance. God, I promise I'll make it right. But yet, think about all of that he had to face in order to get to this point. My prayer is this, for my life and yours, is that we don't have to go through all that hot mess in order to get to a point where we need to trust God with all that we are and in all things. So pray and ask God for help when it comes to going for it and being everyone everywhere. See, um, there was a time in my life when I was sharing with an individual about some just major problems that were going on, and, and I said, I, I feel like I just want to do something. Guys, we want to do that, right? We want to fix it. I just, I just feel like there's something I can do. And the person asked, he said, are you praying about it? I said, of course I am. I'm, of course I've been praying about it. And very simply, that person said, praying is doing something. It's doing something really, really powerful. When it comes to us going for it and listening to God's call in our life, talk to God about it. Spend time listening to what He has to say in prayer. Because God's miraculous plan for you and I, this may begin in this prayer. Notice what Jonah said in this prayer of calling out and saying, help, help, help. He also started to say, God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. 
Give me another chance. In order for us to go for it, to be everyone everywhere, some of us need to confess before God. Confesar. Is that right in Spanish? We need to confess before God and say, God, I'm sorry for not listening. I'm sorry for not obeying. I'm sorry for not surrendering. I'm sorry, God, for not just doing what you told me to do. So that may be where our prayer needs to begin. When you pray and you talk to God about these things, these things that He wants you to do, Here's the, here's the news that I have for you. Thinking about Jonah laying in the belly of that fish until we call on God and say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'm, I'm yours. This is, here's the, it may not be a, a, an overturned uh, ship or being thrown overboard on a ship or being in the belly of the well or having seaweed all wrapped around your face and all that. It's just terrible. But here's some of the things as believers we're going to face if we decide to not hear what God's telling us. It's going to be miserable. We're going to feel like our life's out of control. It's going to be hopeless, helpless. We're going to be discouraged. And, and here's where Jonah had gotten. He was to the point of being broken. And realizing that what God had done for him was enough. And He wants me to live for Him. And so, God, I'm Yours. Whatever happens, if I'm digested in the belly of, the, of this fish, salvation comes from You. So, I don't know about you, I don't want to feel that way. But it may begin with us saying we're sorry. But here's the hope in all of this, and here's the great picture of the Gospel, and how all of God's Word just comes together. Look with me back at verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 17. Now this may seem like a trial, a terrible situation, but even in that, God working. Watch this, watch this in verse 17 of chapter 1. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the fish three days and three nights. Even in the midst of this disaster, even in the midst of this terrible time in his life, God provided. Think about the picture of that, and in the Gospel, whole big picture of things in the midst of the terrible crucifixion of our Savior, and the beatings, and all that He faced, God provided that tomb, a borrowed tomb. He was placed in for three days. And ultimately, hallelujah, ultimately, praise God, He came out. Now look at here, check this out. This is a beautiful picture of the Gospel. Look at chapter 2, verse 10. After Jonah had been through all of this and he thought life was over, verse 10 of chapter 2, it says, The Lord God commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Jesus walked out of that tomb for you and I to be saved, to be redeemed, to be called a child of a king so that we can go for it and be obedient and surrender to God's call in our life and fulfill His perfect, miraculous will for our lives. So are you willing to go for it? You know, I can't help but think about, as I read that prayer in chapter 2, before we went on the rafting trip, 
The words of engulfing waters and the deep threaten me. Some of us guys, we kind of shared war stories, if you will, after it was over. But it was constant, out of control, all of us being tossed around, right? Didn't know where we were at. And all we could do was look, all I could do was look up and see the light and the bubbles. And so as we all tried to survive and live and not drown, the prayer of me here, I'm con- confessing before you today, is God, you're not done with me. God, you're not done with me. This is not how it's going to end today. And even if He would have taken my life, we still give Him glory. But I even saw in the testimony of a young man last week who stood here before you, Jesse Chipwood, who said, now that I've faced death, I look at life differently and living each day for Christ is all that matters. Is that pretty much what you, you shared with us last week? And so ladies and gentlemen, today you maybe haven't faced death. Maybe you have. But all that matters on the face of this earth is doing what God has called you and me to do. If you're a child of God. That's all that matters. And that may be being a godly mother or father. It doesn't have to be this international get on a plane and never come back. It may be taking those simple steps towards obedience that Jonah could have taken before he faced all of these things. So what's it going to be for you and me this morning? Are you going to go out the door and you're going to say, but I'm, I'm doing a lot of things right, even though, God, you've called me to do this. I'm, going to, I'm doing a lot of things right. And that, that's good enough. Or are you going to go for it? Look with me in chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Look there. God is a God of second chances. We don't deserve His grace. We don't deserve His mercy. But then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it, the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now remember, Nineveh is this terrible place. It's just full of just vile sinners. It was, it's going to be just this unbelievable task. What good is one man going to do in a place such as this? But at the end of verse 3 it says, Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. It took you three days to cross it by foot. On the first day, Jonah started into the city and he proclaimed a very popular message. Listen to this. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overturned. How do you think that's going to be received? The Ninevites, look at this in verse 5, the power of the Holy Spirit. See, here's the thing. God, when He has called us to do something, we've prayed and talked to Him about it. We know it's real. In verse 5, here's the power of the Holy Spirit 
working through our lives. Nothing that we've done. Here, this terrible city in verse 5, it says, the Ninevites believed God. The Ninevites believed God. It wasn't that they believed Jonah. They believed God. Because God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was working through this man's life. Man just like you and I. Life in a powerful way. And it didn't stop there. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. So now the leader, here is this leader of this great city, now has said, I confess, I'm calling on God, I suggest everyone else do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the gospel that was shared in the Dominican Republic was way more well received than it is here in the United States of America. And I don't know your feelings about our leaders, but if we pray for them, God can work through the power of the Holy Spirit to change their lives. That may be what God's calling you to do today. Here's the decree. Verse 7, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows, God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And I love how my Bible turns the page here. Yours may do that. Look at verse 10. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, He had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction He had threatened. Think about if Jonah had not went for it. Think about if you and I don't go for it when we walk out of this place when we go to our work sites tomorrow, when we go back to school, wherever God has placed us in an area of influence, think about if we don't go for it. God's still going to work. But think about the blessings that God is going to pour out on our lives as we're obedient to Him. So think about it. Seize the opportunity for God to do the miraculous in your life and in my life. And that may cost us leaving our comfort zone, leaving our routine. It may cost us something. Monetarily, reputation, whatever that is. But I have to ask you this question. Is it worth it? Is it worth it for us to go for it? Just to take that one step towards obedience and see what God can do through us through the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, let me ask it this way. Is one soul worth it? Is one soul and their eternal destination worth it? We had some numbers that we threw out at the beginning of the service of how God used the Family Fun Festival yesterday. All of that effort and all that hard work, if only one were to come know Jesus as Savior, it was worth it. Would you agree? Is it worth it for you to go for it and to answer God's call? 
we obey God and answer the call, the Holy Spirit goes ahead of us to prepare the way and to prepare the hearts. Jonah just showed up, preached. Really, not a very popular message at all. You're going to die if you don't turn. And the Holy Spirit began to move. This week I was talking with the youth pastor at Fellowship Baptist Church, the place that we will be going to, that will be the church that will house us as we go to Bainbridge in a, in a week or so. And he was talking about, he was so excited when I got on the phone with him. They were in the middle of, of their vacation Bible school. He was tired, he was, he was worn out. Um, and, and so, but he was, he was full of joy. And I said, well, how's the week going? And he said, you, you're not going to believe this. He said, my eight-year-old son was one of, he gave a number, I think it was 15, that trusted Christ last night at Vacation Bible School. And so, I started talking with him about, um, you know, I can't wait till the day comes when my children, as they begin to recognize who Jesus is and, and, and recognize their need for a Savior and, and, and trust in Him and, and, and just live for Him. And, and his, here's what he said. He said, I know this is the fruits of me being obedient to what God's called me to do. He said, my son's eight years old. He's around me and my wife serving. He's been exposed to, what, to who God is and how powerful He is. He's seen Him move. And I know that it's the fruits of these things. Nothing that I've done, but what God has done. Think about that. Is one soul worth it for you to be obedient in what God's called you to do? I can't imagine where I would be today if a shy, hideaway, behind-the-scenes, definitely not a public speaker guy would have said, No, God, I live for myself, not for you. God changed me. This is not who I am. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit of how He works in my life and He can do the same in yours. So will you go for it? You know, when we got ready to um, gather ourselves after head injuries and knee injuries and hand injuries and, you know, just feeling like you've been through a car wreck in this raft, um, there was really only one way back. They tried to get on the radio to get some help, and this is third world country, so it wasn't like, you know, there's cell towers everywhere. And it was either get in the raft and finish, or every man for himself in the jungle. And, and so, we all had to look at each other and say, we're a third of the way, we still have two thirds left to go, if we're going to have to survive, we're going to have to face our fears. We had only two paddles between us and a guide that was uh, goofy and <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And uh, so it was, it was us facing our fears head on in order to complete this and our feet being put back on solid ground. And now we can joke and laugh about that. We were able to complete that. We were able to finish that wide-eyed like this many times, hunkered down in the raft as God saw us through to the end. 
But the prayer was underwater, on top of the water, and when we completed the rafting trip, God, I want to live for you. I know you're not done with me yet. This is how it can't end. And I want to tell you, thank God that it didn't end there. Because I want to live for Him. I want you to live for Him. I want you to face that fear. I want you to do what God's called you to do. And don't. here's what I tell my son and my, my oldest daughter. Don't do it because I tell you to do it. Don't do it because Pastor Robbie tells you to do it. Do it because that's what God wants us to do as we live to please Him. Well, let's go for it. Can you say that with me this morning? Go for it. Go for it. Come on, let's say it. Go for it. Let's bow our heads.